Hey everybody, welcome to the Family Jewels True Crime Podcast. You know who I am and why I'm here. Welcome to episode 15, Unencumbered. Um, I toyed with multiple titles, and by multiple I mean two. Uh, Gunshot Residue is a subject that we're going to be talking about, but I would prefer to get the good news out of the way first. Uh, Amazing, uh, huge shout out to Michael Trillstein. Uh, a young up-and-comer on the comedy scene down here in South Florida, um, somebody that uh, I have worked with a little bit, you know, just kind of giving advice to, and the dude just listens and, and applies and does the work, and, you know, this son of a bitch uh, has gotten me as close as I will ever get to the people that could potentially make Family Jewels um, a thing. Like, like a movie or a TV thing. Like, I call this unencumbered because I'm going to describe this meeting to you. I'm not going to mention the names of these people because I don't. I, eh. You have to understand that as a skeptimist, um, I I love that this happened. I love that this is as serious as I have ever uh, of people that I've ever gotten to talk to. These people are uh, they carry weight in Hollywood. Bragging like a motherfucker, but wow, I'm just oh my god. So, I would very much like to just count that as my victory that that these people, as uh, established as they are, and the things that they've done, and I could name some things, um, you know, but I, I don't know, I just don't want to drop and I don't want to get I don't want to be too excited about this, so I'm just gonna stay very vague. It was a phone call with three people. So the reason I bring up Michael Trillstein is he said to me a couple months ago, he says, hey, I read your book. It's amazing. I'm going to pass it on to my friend. Uh, and she she's in Hollywood, and uh, I think she'd like it. And who knows? And I said, okay, great. And I like, I mean, people have told me that, okay, you know, tens of times. I've heard people that, oh, my God, this story's so amazing. I can put it in front of my buddy who knows a guy who knows a guy who used to do it. You know, wash the car of, you know, whatever. That being said, this girl texted me last Tuesday and said, Hey, bro, I read your book, loved it. And she put a heart and then a broken heart, which, oh my God, because, you know, I looked at that text a thousand times. She said, I'd like to set up a Zoom call with a casting director and a producer and myself. What is your availability? And she said, You and I should get on a call first. So I got on the call with her and this is where I'm a jackass. The last, and I, I told you about the last uh, production company, if you want to call it that, or a bunch of guys that were forming a production company that were looking for true crime, and I was presented with a contract. I sent that contract to a lawyer in Texas that I'm familiar with that is a husband of a client, and he is he is the best. He's just the best. When you, when you see lawyering the way it's supposed to be done and not lawyering you know, a guy standing next to a completely guilty person and trying to make that piece of shit look like Shinola, like not that lawyer, the lawyer that basically sits down and says, hey, let's make sure we're all playing fair. And and that's not at all why I brought him. The reason I brought him was because um, in the phone conversation with the girl, she was very adamant about what the contract said what it looked like did i sign it what were were there any i don't know verbal agreements like was there anything 
that I could produce there. And she wanted to see all of the emails that I had from uh, agents um, when I talked to agents about the book. And guys, I talked to agents when I was first trying to sell this book. Multiple New York big-time agents. And they were all like, nope, poo-poo, caca. We don't want it. Um, and, and for multiple reasons, which I've talked about and I'm not going to talk about again. This... And then I said, okay, well, uh, she's like, well, can you give me some windows of time that I can, you know, say to these guys, you know, your availability and we can set up a Zoom call for maybe next week. And I said, okay, I'm free from any time after 11 most days. And she goes, tomorrow? And I said, okay. And I was psyched because there was a little sense of urgency in that. She's like, oh, okay, let's figure out a window after tomorrow. <laughs> so I was like, cool. And, and you know, as as that approached, I started inviting people to the Zoom call. So I did it up in my, my business, up in the studio. And uh, I had people filled in the office. I had people that showed up amazing. Um, you know, four or five people that just sat because I wanted them to sit and watch what, what this could potentially be the first of me, many meetings of developing this into something. And that, you know... That is why the universe <laughs> loves and hates me. I mean, to throw me this now, in the middle of, of everything that I have been dealing with through this estate stuff and, and uh, wow, it, it, it's like just, <laughs> it's like drowning and being handed two babies to, to, to try to hold while you're drowning. It, it, that being said, you know, maybe, maybe the universe is just chucking me a treat. Just saying, hey, man, here's something cool, man. Here's... I can only hope and I wish and I pray that I get that next phone call where they're saying, hey, we'd like to move forward. And that, that would be an absolute dream to me, ladies and gentlemen, because I spent last weekend uh, at a fitness convention... And as a 35-year veteran of fitness in general and creating my own certification and everything that I've done to sort of leave my mark on that field that I've been involved in for so long, um, this, is, this is not the first time I have faced a burnout, but it is the first time I've faced it on this level. I, I It just has always been a means of survival for me. It's always been a way to pay my bills, and I've worked very hard at it, and, and I'm very good at it, but it's never been the impetus of me thriving. And, and I, I had hoped the ramp method would do that, but it's, it's moving very slow. And, uh, you know, there, there, there are some things on the horizon that, that may, you know, inject some life back into my heart for this field, and I do love the work that I do, and I do love my ability to see movement in the body, almost unlike anybody else. Um, I don't brag. You gotta come in and see what I do to to understand what I'm talking about. At the same time, you know, with it being tied into, I had to do that career because of my my ex-con status, and you know, I felt I was stuck in that field and hated it for so long, and then finally embraced it, and now I'm getting to the point where. I've had just such a sordid relationship with this career that I just feel done. And any of you out there who have ever been at the end of a relationship where you were both like, dude, I'm exhausted. You exhaust me. And the other person's like, yeah, you do too. Let's just, let's just end it. Uh, 
I feel a little like that. I feel like I want to have that conversation with fitness and be like, dude, you know, <laughs> it's been great, but, you know, just not, not in love with you anymore. So, Family Jewels has always been this, this, this beacon of hope. Like, I know the story's there. I know the story's amazing. I know that it is, it has potential. Uh, there is multiple subplots that that can be plugged in here, and and, and it's it is so doable, you know, based on the shit that I've seen. And and you know, other than Ozark, Netflix needs me. <laughs> Hulu needs me. Um, we got to bring this to life, and I'm really hoping that um, it is. It is. Uh, I hate to put all my hope eggs in one basket, but. I'm not saying that it, that it should anything develop um, in terms of, of that becoming a media thing, uh, that I would leave fitness. Uh, it, it just gives me options. And, and that's right now probably one of the most appealing things to me um, because I've always felt stuck. You know, if I left, just if I left this job, I'd have to go into another fitness job somewhere else. And, and being in fitness is the problem that I'm trying to get out of. And, and a lot of you know that. I mean, you get to the, you get to 52 and you've been doing the same career. I mean, most people change career careers every seven years. And I've been here for a long time. And I've done as much as I can to exercise, you know, to, to move throughout every single position that fitness has to offer. And, you know, it's just, just time. <laughs> I'm going to release this episode, ladies and gentlemen, episode 15, Unencumbered, um, on my brother's birthday, May 27th. He would have been 54. And uh, I call this Unencumbered because during the phone conversation that I had with the producers, uh, one of the producers said, uh, we listen to a lot of people that think they have amazing life stories and it's not a life story you have stories that's what they said you don't have a life story you have stories and he said and most of them don't a lot of people come to us say oh my god i got an amazing story and it's not he says you have an amazing story uh great oh my god oh my god i was like my head almost exploded when to, to get that acknowledgement of hey this is a story worthy of us sort of delving into and exploring a little bit and and, you know, so from here, who, who knows what could happen, but that that's what I heard. And then the other guy, you know, listened to the podcast. So, ladies and gentlemen, you know, I've gone back and I think I listened to episode 11 or I just, I go right to the episode and then I go right to the dad calls because, um, you know, he, I, I knew that recording him was a way to immortalize him and and to get his view and to get his character and you can hear his his voice and I still have tons of calls recorded that I didn't put on the podcast because they were both basically dad saying oh shit you know Kev's diabetes is getting worse and worse and worse that's every call every call oh, Kev had a bad sugar last night oh Kev had a seizure last night so you know I wasn't I didn't put that in every episode for you guys but uh, to to develop this story and and to to be able to an act what could an actor capture Kev's uh, just 
broken, man. He was just broken. Kev was never the same once he went into prison. He just wasn't. After he lost mom, dad was all he had left. You know, Bon must have been a huge loss to him that, that, you know. So there's some guilt, man. There's some guilt, and it's coming out, and it's it's not, it's not, doesn't feel good, man. I, you know, I could have been better. I think. So, the, you know, that's some of the shit that I'm wrestling with right now, but. The, the conversation basically was about 45 minutes of and I brought that lawyer that I just told you from the from the first contract and he I and I only brought him because I wanted him to be able to explain why we didn't go in that direction or sign that contract and he did an amazing job if I didn't have the lawyer there I probably would have sounded like an asshole but they were basically trying to figure out if I was encumbered the title of today's episode ladies and gentlemen there's your callback um so the, the whole conversation was was very detailed. They were asking the lawyer very detailed, specific questions to figure out if there was anything that would be in the way of us moving forward. And at the end of the call, we all realized, no, there isn't, that I am, in fact, unencumbered. And, and you know, nobody has any claim to the story. And how could they? Um, so, you know, that is why I titled this episode unencumbered and uh i think it's apt fingers crossed guys fingers crossed because the family jewels true crime podcast may someday be on a screen man and somebody's gonna have the monumental task some actors are gonna have and funny how i don't say i'm gonna be you know one of the complicated ones to to portray I, I don't look at myself that way. <laughs> maybe, maybe an actor's going to be like, I don't understand Brian's motivation, mate. I don't know. I don't know why I went British. A British guy's going to have to play me. I don't care. A black guy, I think. Um, so, I actually posted a video. I think I put it on Family Jewels podcast on Instagram. A little video of uh, John Travolta, a bald John Travolta as my dad. Jason Momoa as Kevin. And... Ellen DeGeneres is me. Like, like, like in the middle of a robbery, I just start dancing. I just start doing the, um, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know when, when you, for those of you who have listened to this and, and have been on this ride and you think about what the actor has to bring to, to the story, to bring Kev alive, to bring dad alive, to bring me alive. I mean, to bring Jess alive, mom. Wow. I mean, I mean, it has been a wonderful respite from all the other shit that my brain is trying to figure out. To lay back and just think, oh, you know, who could play me? Who could play, who could play this? Who could play that? Those recordings in season one, man, they're gold. They're gold to me. And, and you know, dad's voice, uh, Wow, you know some of the conversations. I was I was in the conversation, so you know I remember them. But at the same time, I've never like went, gone back and listened to the detail of them. And there was one point that Dad said, you know, everybody we robbed made money, and I was like, yeah, you know, okay. And and I said, so if you could make 
double in the insurance, would you get robbed and be happy about it? He said, I'd be psyched. <laughs> Everybody that we robbed made money. And I was like, yeah, but what about the psychological damage? And that that's the part of this that some people never uh, account for. Dad was not a psych guy. He was like Kev. There was no therapizing him. There was no depth in terms of he wanted to understand himself better. They were being, they they were human, humans doing, not humans being. That makes any sense. Dad was kinetic, man. He just moved and moved and moved and moved. Kev could kick back because he had half a mom's blood in him, that Polish blood that's like, listen... <laughs> At some point, some of the one superpower is gonna make us change our borders, and we're gonna have to move. So I'll get up then. Like that Polish, like bleh, I could lay in a bed all day, and then I also have that border collie shit. We better get up and start doing something because I have some anxiety going on here. Those of you who have been around me for any length of time know that there's a certain mania or manicness to my to my moods. Um, anyway. Moving on to the not-so-happy-and-fun portion of today's episode. And as I mentioned earlier in the, uh, at the beginning of this episode, gunshot residue would be a topic we would be discussing. So I told you about hearing from the medical examiner, and I did mention that she had the advice of and the opinion of a blood spatter expert when it came to dad and Kev's case. From there, from that phone call, from that explanation, I thought the case was closed and I wasn't gonna hear from anybody else unless it was about, you know, property or, you know, something I needed to sign. Lo and behold, and the reason why this podcast has been so late in getting out, this has been a very, very difficult episode to make because it is just new wrinkles in my brain new information about things that I never wanted to know about. And this guy decided that he thought it was his duty to call me and tell me why he reached the conclusion that it was a murder-suicide and why that now he was agreeing with the medical examiner and he was agreeing with the blood spatter expert. But he's he was like the forefront of this whole thing. He, he's, he is why we all thought at one point Dad killed Kev didn't happen, Kev killed himself. Now, he was telling me his reasoning for for this, and I said, dude, it, wouldn't they just have to look for residue on dad's hand and see that there was no residue on Kev's hand? I brought this up. And by bringing it up, I fucking found a piece of information. I, oh, wow, it's almost like I, at like shooting yourself in the... In the foot, he said that gunshot residue would be all over that room. There would be no place that that, that room had didn't have gun residue, which I didn't know. I don't tell you that shit on CSI. He said that room was covered in it, and there were only two shots fired in that room. And all they really would have had to do is to go and see if Kev had gunshot residue anywhere on his hand to, to figure this out. 
the piece of information that I got that I didn't want to get is that what prevented them from doing that was there was blood on Kev's hand. And that the blood spatter that they were questioning was possibly because, or likely because, Kev didn't die right away. And that at some point he aspirated. And that's the bullshit. The shit. The shit I gotta stick with. The shit I gotta churn in my head now and find a way to get to the other side of. I will tell you, I'm better. And I do have a little bit of hope. And I don't, I don't know. I, I don't. There's no way to make sense of any of it. But there might be a way to move on. And isn't the universe clever? Isn't the universe clever saying, hey, you know, uh, after this whole entire cavalcade of fucking pain that you went through, Hollywood's calling. Like, like what? Hey, universe, what? So like I said, I've, I've been going back and I've been listening to old episodes because I want to listen to Dad and I want to listen, you know, there was a, a slight chance at one point that I had hoped Kev would come on. Uh, but, uh, no. So, uh, that's my new information. That's what I have found out. That is what is in my craw this week, ladies and gentlemen. I'll try not to let you go another two weeks without releasing an episode. I apologize. Um, I have comedy, but it was the same stuff. It was a, um, it was a weird crowd. Um, so it's it was nothing that I, it was no new stuff. I just basically went to to my old. I did about eight minutes of uh, just same old stuff. It's not same old to me. I love doing it and I, I love playing it for you guys. But you know, you guys are gonna get bored of this at some point. So as I continue to get new material, try out new material, try out new um, new bits or new stories, uh, I will absolutely bring them to you. So thank you very much for listening to Unencumbered. Um, I'll talk to you next week.